Hello, everybody, and welcome to an explosive episode of Bloody Good Horror. Kind of, or just like kind of a malaise-filled episode of Bloody Good Horror, depending on your outlook on uh, the movie we watched tonight, which is Firestarter 2022. This is a remake of an adaptation of a Stephen King book, I'm told. We know my position on books, so it's been made clear here in the show. But I am aware of them, and so I'm, I'm, I know that that's a thing. Joining me tonight, this is definitely a first-time combination on the show. I'm pretty excited. We have a pretty deep bench here at BGH, and that's always a fun thing to dig, dig into. Joining me tonight, first up, from the Zombie Girls. They're back, y'all. Please welcome Rachel and Ariel to the show. Hi. Both. I feel like you could say we are the barbecue Chex-Mex of uh, podcast <laughs> <That's right>. tonight. <laughs> we can fight over who gets to be the right chip. <laughs> Absolutely. Next up from Richmond, Virginia, rocking the hairdo tonight. Please welcome Caitlin to the show. Hello. It's not fair to only give Schnars props for his hair. Oh, when he's gone, I like True. to get the word, the hair, <laughs> all the things. Is that why this happened? I get it. I get it. And last up tonight, joining us, the editor-in-chief at bloodygoodhorror.com. Please welcome Mr. John Shelton to the show. Oh, hey there, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Uh, yeah, we're doing Firestarter. Had no idea Zac Efron was in this movie. Um, my only question this evening is, why does it look like he's wearing a mask of his own face? Like, what? what's happening there? I'm glad it wasn't just me. Oh. I was like, did he get his lips like, done? Have you ever seen those really realistic latex masks of people that are, like, yes. very creepy? And that's what he looks like, and I can't figure yes. out why. He's got Uncanny Valley, Zac yeah. Efron. Like, is it just that he has such a, like, boyish face, and we know him as this, like, young, and now he's just, old, like, a dude, and it's weird? Or is there, like, something happening there? He looked, he did look a little like particularly Puffy? full yeah. in the cheeks Puffy, with like yeah. maybe some filler up there. He looks, yeah. I mean, he's a very good looking dude, but yeah, now that you said it, I can't unsee How it. How dare so. he not look perfect yeah. and perfectly attractive to me? I don't, I don't know what's wrong, but anyway. I think it doesn't help that he didn't emote with his face like one time. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Shots Ariel. Fired. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Bringing some real Ariel energy to the show. So I'm pretty into it. All right, well, let's do it. Let's take a quick break and discuss Firestarter. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. Main feature. Caitlin. Eric. I'm trying to catch up on this BGH text thread with Casey and John. What the, uh, whatever. I will, I'll do it. I can't. It's too many texts. I have it muted. I'll just come back to my phone sometimes and it's like, here's 25 texts. And I'm like, what the f? <laughs> I, I needed happening? some help with an Ask BGH tweet that we got, but we'll just unpack it live on your team. That's great. Yeah, go for it. Um, Caitlin, you also know words. A few. John does not have words locked down per se. Um, should we remind people where you went to college? Since it's pertinent. To no, show. I hate where I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I went to UVA, but Richmond has my heart. So we'll forget that other part. That's not a bad school, though. It's a good school, right? It's a good school. Bad, See, bad supposedly people. hard to get into, but I just like to shit on it. Yeah. I only applied to two colleges, and I got into the one I didn't think I was going to get into, and my backup school rejected me. So here we are. 
For some reason, that's like a very Eric thing to have. It's an incredibly, oh, there's more to that story that makes it even more Eric, but we're not going to get into it tonight. Caitlin, uh, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, the word of the day, uh, which surprisingly hasn't been used yet, double-checked the spreadsheet, is pyrokinesis, which is the purported psychic ability allowing a person to create and control fire with the mind. Uh, Pyre comes from Greek meaning fire, kinesis meaning movement, and on its very Wikipedia page says that it was popularized by horror novelist Stephen King in his 1980 novel, Firestarter. I love it. Who knew? So lots of good fire words. Pyromancy, another good one. I was thinking conflagration, because I, mm-hmm. I was like, surely Schnarris has used pyrokinesis. But Didn't you guys go through a, a, a fire bug phase like when you were a kid? <laughs> a little bit? I nearly burned down my neighbor's house. Oh, oh no. there, here we go. Go ahead, Shelton. Maybe there's a gender divide here. I don't here know. <laughs> no, I definitely did was the, one of those, the like, magnifying glass to burn things mm. a lot, you know? Yeah, this was like a post Fourth of July when you've got the leftover uh, bottle rockets, uh-huh. and a friend of mine and I were shooting them out of my front yard, and there was one that went up and didn't pop, and you know came down, and we were just like you know going on and doing it, and then glanced across the street, and like the empty <laughs> field next to my neighbor's house was ablaze. Oh shit! Oh, no. uh, yeah, ablaze. Yeah, shit. and we were like we were probably like nine or ten. Oh god! And. uh what do we do? We, we kind of like ran out and like tried to pour water. We got the hose from my neighbor's house and like, and like sprayed it. And some, some dude like drove past in a truck and like got out and like was beating it with a shovel. And we finally got it out. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, it, it got within probably like two inches of his grass. And like, this was one of those guys who like mowed his grass, like morning and night, every single day. So like one of those guys who was just like really into his yard. So uh, yeah, disaster averted. Real Hank Hill. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have a story that good. I just remember being around 10 or 11 and somehow getting like getting my hands on a lighter and just thinking that was that was the coolest thing ever and like would just be like I'm going to light this stick on fire and then I did. <laughs> did you ever do like what? Excuse me. Excuse John, can you say that again please? No, I mean you know, it's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Usually, yeah. well, yeah. No, I did. I, I yeah, no, I accidentally one of my friends like I had a lighter and I don't know, she said something and I like kind of flicked it. And I didn't realize quite how like dry her hair was, and oh. uh, there's a little. You know, I've been hairspray. Is that uh, yeah. a felony? There's, Do you have warrants? It, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's past the statute of limitations by this point. <laughs> I was, you know, I was 15. Like whatever. There's nothing worse than that smell. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. real bad. I did have a Halloween party once where I set out a bunch of small tea lights, and I guess this guy like leaned into it and he had sprayed his hair with like. You know, that temporary coloring spray mm-hmm. for his Halloween costume. Ooh. And it caught on fire a little bit. And I was like, no, 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 no. And God. we tapped it out. But. Yeah. There were a lot of parties, too, as a teenager where, like, things happen with fire. Like, people just being very irresponsible around fire. Like, it's amazing. Nothing real bad happened. Yeah. But. I once leaned into a car to take a bong rip because I'm classy. <laughs> and uh, managed to, I don't know how I did it, but I burnt all of my eyelashes oh. and half my eyebrow off. Oh, <laughs> and no. when you're 15, that is a bummer. That is a bummer to have I think no when eyelashes. You're any age, that's yeah. a bummer. <laughs> like yeah, but I know what you mean. School. Yeah, there's no there's no sympathy happening. Like no empathy when you're yeah in high school. Did you draw them on? Like 
I mean, I did, but I was 15, so I didn't know how to do it. And it was pre-YouTube because I'm old. And uh, it was a little Picasso-esque. Let's just say. <laughs> mine are drawn on right now. I have, like, no eyebrows. So. Oh, mine are natural. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, we're learning a lot about people on BGH this week. Caitlin, I said I might want to synopsize if the movie was interesting, but then it wasn't. Would you like to synopsize? <laughs> it would be an honor. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so Firestarter, uh, a, based on the Stephen King novel, we had a 1984 version starring Drew Barrymore. And now uh, Firestarter 2022 is a Blumhouse joint uh, directed by Keith Thomas and stars Ryan Kira Armstrong as Charlie and Zac Efron as her dad. There are two main characters. And Charlie is 11, I think, here. Um, she has pyrokinesis, and her parents each have their own sort of psychic powers that they got while doing a paid experimental trial in college that was supposed to open up their pineal gland or something. Anyway, they ended up with powers, and now the government, the shop rather, wants to find Charlie in particular to weaponize her pyrokinesis and uh, dad and Charlie are on the run. That's right. And struggling this... to make facial expressions. You know, now that you mention it, I was giving him a lot of credit because I feel like he is, oh, he just seems fun. like a nice guy. He does seem like a nice guy. And I do like him. Yeah. But, but yeah, not... the, mm, we'll get into it, but not a you lot know what, of, you know what he's good in? Daughter. You know what he's good in? Um, neighbors. Isn't that the okay. name of that movie yeah. where he's like in a, yeah. in a frat one? Frat, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like a you know, it's comedy. Uh, Shelton, you haven't been on a while. What do you think of uh, this year' movie? No, oh, what did I think? Um, yeah, it's it's not very good. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a, it's a poor uh, poor movie. Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of a boring thing. Like the original Firestarter is one of those movies I've seen like a million times. It, Back in the day, I think my uncle like taped it off HBO or something. So that was one of like the three VHSs we had in my house. So I've seen the original a million times. Interesting. Um, and it's you know the, the original one's not a great movie. It's it's you know towards the bottom of of like that era of Stephen King movies. But it's like it's fine. It's watchable. It's got like a good cast. It's you know it's entertaining. Um, this it, movie is not. Was I right that I saw? Heather Locklear in that trailer. Yeah, yeah she's trailer. the mom. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, no, it's it's a wild. Art Carney is in it. Like uh Keith David. David, David Keith. David Keith is in it. Not Keith David. But uh but yeah, this this movie, um, I don't know. Like it takes everything interesting about this. I've never read the the book. That's one of the one of the few Stephen King books of that time that I haven't read. But uh the movie just kind of sands off any interesting edges. Um, it, it's very straightforward. Like the original, the, the first movie starts with them on the run and then you get flashbacks to like, okay, why do they have these powers? Who are they running from? All that, which makes it a lot more interesting. This starts with her as a baby and she makes the, the thing catch fire. And then, <laughs> you know, it just goes, it just goes. Yeah. That would so be, linear. that would be a better way to do it. Everything is just what you'd expect. Um, yeah, so not, not a great one. You know what else I saw on Peacock is there's like Firestarter, the next gener second generation or something. Like, what is mm -hmm. that? Is that a movie or a show? 
I think it's a show. Yeah, there was there was a sci-fi thing. Oh, interesting. It was it was uh, the the lady from Wet Hot American Summer. Right. But it was it was supposed to be like a oh, sequel. Yeah. I think it was like a pilot. Which yes. is not, you know, like that's that's one of the weird things about this movie is because it seems like this movie feels like a pilot for a TV show. And totally. I can't believe this isn't a show on streaming because it's kind of a superhero thing. It's Stephen King. It's, you know, you got the the bad guys, the shop, and then the yeah, you got a built you know, kids in, with, with powers. You got a built-in old school, like renegade style show where it's like every week yeah. you arrive in a new town and then, you know, by the end you've been figured out and you got to escape. Yeah. You got I, it's kind of strange that they made this a movie. Um, love it, Ariel. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty much the same way. I was actually really looking forward to this movie because the original Firestarter was like a sleepover staple. So I too have seen it a million times. And yeah, it's not an excellent movie, but I think it's really entertaining and the cast is great. Everybody has a personality in this movie. No one has a personality. And I think that's its biggest fault. It's just so boring. The te- there's no good like action scenes really, and yeah, everybody's just so bland, milk toast that it's just not that interesting to watch. And I even think the ending is kind of done in a boring way. But like Caitlin was referencing, I think the worst part of it is the father-daughter relationship. In the original, there's so much bonding between the two of them, and you really see this like sweetness there. And in this movie, it's completely absent. I mean. I won't get into the spoiler part of it yet, but even when bad things happen, it doesn't seem like either of them really care about each other. They're just like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Rachel. I mean, yeah, I largely agree with what John and Ariel said. I, th- I think this movie is very odd because it's like there's two movies here. It, it's not aggressively terrible. And I think if it had been a, you know, a made for TV movie, you know, back in the heyday of, of Stephen King made for TV movies, it would be middling, right? Not terrible, not great. Um, but it got a theatrical release, which is wild to me because, you know, everything about this thing, it feels super low budget except for the score, which I don't know if we've talked about the score yet is incredible. Um, uh, John Carpenter is for some reason doing the score of this movie and that's really great. And, but then it's like, even the cast feels like very lifted from TV. I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. I think there are some valid criticisms that we'll definitely get into, I'm sure. But I think, it, like Ariel said, that this thing basically pivots around this relationship between the father and daughter. And when we don't have any emotional investment in that relationship, like even the stuff that doesn't work, if that was like poignant and powerful, I think it'd be easy to forgive it because there would be, you would care what happens. And here, because you don't, Nothing really matters. I think it has some fun gore, which is great. And I think there are a couple of performances in this that we can get into that are pretty decent. But it's just kind of flop energy. You know, it's just not a lot there. <laughs> Floppy energy, is that what you're saying? Caitlin, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what do you think? You know, when I, I watched this without having seen the original, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then I went back and watched the original, and I was like, okay, this one was pretty bad. <laughs> 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 The, the tenderness between father and daughter just isn't really there in this one. And like everyone said, everyone's just kind of boring. There isn't a lot of fire behind the eyes, if you will. There's just like not a lot happening. I I do love like a good burn it all down type of moment. I have a print in my bathroom actually that says burn it all down. So I I appreciate those aspects of this, but that's surprisingly not a big part of it. 
it does feel like an X-Men movie to me. Um, like I, I, I had mentioned that over email and then I don't know if it was John or Eric, somebody said that it's like, you know, kind of like how we got Wolverine's like sort of backstory. This is like the pyrokinesis backstory for X-Men. It just, um, I don't know. It, it could have been better. I feel like the dialogue was really bad, especially um, what's the captain's name again? Hollister. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That, her dialogue was really bad. Terrible. I, wasn't no motivation. Very, she wasn't very good either. Like the delivery. She wasn't. wasn't I, I was really disappointed in that. Cause I feel like that's set to be like a super villain. And all we know is that she's bad because she's like, are you ready to get back on the bullshit Rainbird or like something like really <laughs> shitty dialogue? And yeah. It's just pretty cringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, score was great. And, you know, like I said, I do like a good burn it all down moment, but the dialogue was pretty cringe, especially the liar, liar, pants on fire, the delivery Ooh. of that, like that kid can't, oh. but that's bad, right? <laughs> it's a terrible line. There was also the moment where they're at that old man's house and the agents come and they put those contacts in and, oh, God. Oh, and oh, they like, nice try, freak. We're wearing protection. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> like Spy Kids level dialogue. Has anyone here read the book? I don't malign Spy Kids. Well, no, I mean, I like this original Spy Kids, but I'm just saying it doesn't match a horror movie. No, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Has it's anyone... Halloween Kills level dialogue is what you're saying. Yeah. Dun, 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 you know, the weird dun, thing dun, is dun, that dun. I actually like this director, Keith Thomas. He did The Vigil last year, mm-hmm. and that's a really good Jewish possession movie. That has so much tension and it's really artfully done. And I don't see any of that like thumbprint here, or fingerprint. No, you know? it's like, man, it, it's hard for me when I watch a movie like this, not to project all of my opinions of modern movie making on it. Like, there we go. Lay it I'm, I'm going to generalize. <laughs> you have a podcast, dude. I Lay feel like this. you can, you can feel when you get a movie that it's like, this is a person that loves horror movies and all they've ever wanted to do is make a horror movie and they're putting so much love into every frame of it. And then you can feel the people that are like, this person came up through like a some kind of studio situation and now this is a job and they're just doing the job and they're putting the camera in the place and they're like, it, it feels like content in the worst way. Like in a mm. just very assembly line bland. Yeah. I think Ariel, you said milk toast. That's a good one. Somebody, somebody used to work with Tommy that word once. I didn't know what that meant. And um, <laughs> like in a way that feels like cynical. Like how are you making a movie? How are you making a Stephen King adaptation and like doing this? Uh, there's a moment in the beginning where they he's having a dream. It's actually the, the, the only real flash in the movie of like anything kind of creative where they're doing something visually kind of creative with this dream vision that he's having of his daughter like blowing shit up or whatever but the movie itself is like aggressively bland like in a way that's like hard not to not to notice while you're watching it um it's also like unintentionally funny at times there's a scene in like in the first few minutes where you know you can just rapid info dumps and uh from the parents they're talking to each other about how they have powers and like their kid inherited these powers and then I, I don't, God, so much, I've, I've already blanked out. But basically, they, they've they been like, she, oh, she did something at school. So now they're afraid that, like, they're going to be on their trail because of what happened. They're, they're, they're fucking hysterical yelling at this girl. They're like, <laughs> the bad man is going to fight us and they're going to kill us. And like, blah, blah. And, like, they're hysterical. And then she starts getting upset and getting fiery. And they are then 
admonishing her like how you can't get upset, but they're doing it in a way like they don't understand why she's upset when they're just fully telling her we're going to die. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> it's just hilarious hearing like Zach Efron in particular yelling, like telling her to calm down. You have to be calm. Like while he's just like completely hysterical. Uh, <laughs> if there are any highlights for me, uh, I didn't look up her name, but the young actress who's in the, like, takes on the Drew Barrymore role from the original is really good. And I think she probably puts in the best performance of this movie. She's doing some real, I think, significant emoting through a script that doesn't is pack much of a punch in that sense. And like she's doing more with the dialogue than anyone else. Uh, so I enjoyed her performance a lot and it's just absolutely bonkers and surreal to hear this like very rich, uh, moody John modern John Carpenter score behind this fucking movie. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so like sense. distinctly John Carpenter too. Like there's no mistaking. Yeah, it's who it and is. I like, and it sounds good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's right. really good, but it's just really no, you can random. you can tell they knew what they had because like they <laughs> pumped the score. There there are scenes where they're just like, let's just let the score yep. play for a little bit. There are well, some times when like the score drowns out the dialogue. <laughs> and, and, for the best. You know, they're like, This is this is it. This is what we're like. I, I listen to that the Halloween twenty eighteen and the Halloween kills scores like fairly regularly. Like similar instruments motifs like you hear it like to what you guys are saying like you very much hear it um and i like to think that he was just making it being like boy this is a fucking hot piece of shit but whatever did the check clear cool let's do this like cite an article but you don't want to cite it to exactly so like when you're writing a paper you just like change it a little bit because it had a lot of notes from the halloween it's funny too because there is a similarity yeah it's funny because uh, you can get, you can buy this on vinyl from Waxwork, and like I almost did when I saw it because it's just a new John Carpenter album, and like I was like, I'll see the movie first. I mean, I still would consider it because the score itself is great, but uh, it's a good score. It's just yeah. funny to think of like I don't know. It's like I'm gonna buying, get you one signed by Efron. It's like buying the score <laughs> signed by that would be like hardcore trolling. Not John Carpenter. Here's Zach no, Efron's. No, no, no. I'm signed by Zach Efron. But it's like it would be the equivalent of like buying a score of like a TV movie or something. But somebody brought that up, right? Like there was this era of Stephen King TV movies that this probably fits much better. Yeah. I mean, the production value alone. Yeah. There were mm-hmm. some bad CGI moments in this movie, yes. too. Which yeah. was also confusing because it seemed like they would have put a lot of money into this if it's a theatrical release, John Carpenter score. Where did the money go? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I can't believe you can go to a theater <laughs> and buy a ticket right now and watch that. Yeah. I can't imagine watching that I know. in a theater because the movie feels like it was made so that you only have to look at it like once every like three minutes Ariel's, and you can still follow it fine. Like, I'd like to it's think it's made it, – you can just fold your laundry. My laundry was folding itself like during this movie. <laughs> it was so made for It's sure. a new investigative podcast by Ariel called Firestarter. Where did the money go? <laughs> Zach Efron animatronics do not come cheap. That's okay. Animatronics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, it's a small world after all version of Zach. Exactly. Queen know, Bono, Ariel wants to know. Do you, where did the money go? Do you know how many servos it takes to power Zach Efron's face? The shit okay. adds up. Three. Yeah. Three Met- whole servos. Metal's expensive right now. Inflation, you know. And he still didn't emote. Like what him. happened? <laughs> Who was controlling his face? Um, the scene where she kills a cat, or like she she severely injures a cat, and he's like, awful. "Yeah, put it out of its misery." 
And I'm like, that's all we get? Yeah, from you? there's like, not a lot of weight put on the cat murder, which I thought no. was interesting. <laughs> well, they have this whole, t- like, he's like, you've got to put it out of its misery. And they have this, like, five-minute conversation as the cat is like, Rah! and then And then finally she steps forward to, like, put it out of its misery. But, like, meanwhile, this cat has just been suffering while he's telling her, the cat's suffering. You've got, this is the price you have to pay. I also had it's some like trouble yelling, suffering in this. I had some trouble like with, well, he's having like a father moment. Like some of the laws of the universe are unclear. Like I had a little trouble sussing out exactly what Zach Efron's powers entailed. Um, well, he, he can like push people. And I mostly know this from the first movie, but yeah, you can, cause you see the scene early on, which is kind of cool. Like this, I think they could have gotten more into he, he, his job was like, he was helping a lady quit smoking Mm -hmm. because he could basically like tell her like, don't smoke. And then his (laughs) eyes bleed a little bit and then she, she stops, but uh, yeah, kind of underused and not really. And then wakes and then wakes up and is like, Hey, um, are your eyes bleeding? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the worst like cgi blood too oh, it's like, come on it's like put some little drops. i know how hard is that the original was a nosebleed which i feel like is more it feels more correct somehow in this like fake mm-hmm. psyops yeah. universe but the whole like eyes bleeding I, I don't know i don't know if they'd made that decision to make it more horry but it looked pretty bad are the beats in this one the main beats the same as the first movie not really. Mm, not really. Yeah. No. The first one, different. Caitlin, correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a while since I've seen it, but there's like a whole section where both the father and daughter are at the shop and they're being tested and that's what I remember. Know, people are manipulating them. That's what I remember. So there's a lot more she just like goes John intense, Wick instead. It's, yeah, there's a there's yeah. a lot more intense stuff with the government agents and Captain Hollister where you it, it's and just Rainbow. a more tense movie in Rainbow. Yeah, exactly. It's like a full corn the original, is what they're like. Okay. Getting. You know, she's got yeah, a room with thought. like video games and they're like, <laughs> right. come on, just do it for us. It'll be good. You can see your dad. Right. Uh, I remember you're right. just like, she will come for him. I've seen like, okay. what I have seen, like absorbed through pop culture of like that movie being on TV is them being in a place where they're being held captive in like tests and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of the original yeah, movie. Like and I think it's yeah. almost like, yeah, e- I think that part e- works really well. Almost like e- It also e- starts in media res. So there isn't like that kind of dull built up at the beginning when mom's still alive and we have like all the emotional investment in the mother-daughter relationship instead it starts off they're already on the run so there's like a sense of urgency to the original that is just not in this you know what this is this is like the Lacroix version of logan oh oh it's it's very i mean that's the fascinating thing about it right this these types of stories are so ubiquitous now and i've been Mm -hmm. done Inside Marvel, outside of Marvel, and like this came before all that. I mean, not the comics, obviously, but like it's fascinating to think of it in that way to see this now and just how familiar it is. Like it really yeah, feels the novel, like probably I, I would have to imagine influenced the X Men to some degree. But like Midnight Special, like that movie came out what five years ago, it did the exact mm-hmm. same story way better. I don't Frozen. Know. I don't know. This Why? is like dark it, Frozen. It feels yeah. like it feels like a salt, like a launch of like an MCU series on Netflix. Like it has that level That's, of sort of action. Mm-hmm. Although some of those yeah. have more action than this thing does, honestly. Like I, this thing does not have enough action. I mean, in the original, I know that in the scene where the agents come to the old man's house, I mean, 
Charlie just lights shit on fire. She mm-hmm. blows up cars, sets Raises. a bunch of agents on yeah. fire. Yeah, it's so there's so much of that. And the fire looks cool because it's obviously not CGI. Um, but it's just so much flatter here and so small compared to that. Was, and because you get the testing scenes later, you also get to see just how intense her power is. And I think as a little yeah. kid, that was really cool. Just seeing a little girl who had power that was like bigger than adults could control, you know? Yeah. There's no sense of danger around Charlie no. in this one. No. And you kind of, in the original, you kind of feel like, oh, she could go off because yes. you see her get angry and set other people on fire you know, kind of regularly. Whereas in this one, it's, it's, yeah, there's no, you never really feel like Charlie's going to lose control, even when she's losing control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, we only get like a very short montage of her in the woods practicing by herself. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, dad, you know, and like says what he <laughs> says. And like, it's like lighting sticks on fire. And the, it's just, I don't know. There's, it's just not as robust. I don't know. And flop. The word yeah. you're looking for is flop. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like a floppy I, I energy to like it. I like the pivot to Rudy, Charlie. I mean, I, I really do like Drew Barrymore as Charlie because she's very sweet and very cute. And mm-hmm. and that's juxtaposed with her being like this like fire demon kid. But uh, I, I kind of liked Broody, Charlie. I, and I think, like Eric said, the actress did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. The dialogue they gave her wasn't great, though. And yeah, I just like the, the scene in the, the lab at school or dodgeball, whatever it is. I'm like, this is pretty weak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The dialogue is just so bad and so boring throughout this whole thing. I mean, I get what you guys are saying about her being broody and intense, and and that makes it a little more interesting. She's a little bit older, I think, in this one than Drew Barrymore was. Um, But Drew Barrymore went from being, she's like this very sweet, loving little girl, but she's also a badass and really Mm -hmm. tough and stands up for herself against adults and tells them basically to go to hell. Um, she does. She says, you bastard. Okay. <laughs> I gotta watch it today. She's like, she a good, like, yeah, that's what little... I mean. Like she's really spunky and fiery and has so much personality. And I just think the dialogue really let this young actor down, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it seems to kind of flirt with these ideas about like, cause it changes, right? The original one, you definitely feel like a love between the two. And it almost feels like this one is trying to explore these ideas of like, her like paternalistic suppression of his daughter as opposed to yeah. like being protective but and and like it hints at ideas around like fear about women's power but it never really delivers on it and it's a shame because i do think that in this story there is like a really interesting feminist um narrative that goes totally unexplored about Monstrous. like the fear of establishment of women's powers outside of their sexuality in ways that is like not palatable and for them i mean and also I, not i mean it's extremely um timely that kind of a message sure. yeah yeah that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, but you're Thank totally you. right. They bring stuff up and then they just let it drop. Even when uh, Charlie tells her dad that she intended to set him on fire and not her mm-hmm. mom, like there's something there, but then they never go anywhere with it. Right. And was, in the original, it's her father that really wants to train her as opposed yes. to the mother. And mm-hmm. so I feel like they they had some intentions around this and they never really went there. And then ultimately what you end up is losing that kind of good for her energy that mm-hmm. the original one has when yep. she finally has that like cathartic let's go. And this one, it becomes, it almost like judges her for her power and it's about her not becoming a bad person instead of like embracing her power. No, so, man. Also, I don't know. I don't like the it. End, the dad uses his push to get her to do right. what he wants, which is, I, I don't like that change because of the no. original Charlie like is like, okay, mm-hmm. let's fucking go and lights it up. And in this one, I guess she's like, I don't want to hurt no anybody. Agency. 
Yeah, she doesn't have yeah, to go He pushes anything. her and yeah. then she just loses her shit. So, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that moment when he's dying, nobody feels anything. <laughs> like, there's no sadness there. When I watched A Quiet Place for the first time, I was like in tears, like falling down my face, sobbing. I was so sad. In this movie, nothing. I felt nothing about that death. Yeah, that's actually a great example of like a parent child relationship that's used very well for like yeah. suspense and yeah. emotion and stuff. You know, feelings. Yeah. Feelings. John, was, you had mentioned about uh, Rainbird in the email. I thought that, you know, I wanted to have you yeah. talk about that a little bit. <laughs> that That is, you know, one and really one of the only like well, I guess the original's not that great, so you can remake it. But one of the one of the step ups of this movie is that um, uh, th- there's this character named Rainbird who's like kind of a bounty hunter who works for the shop, um, and he's a Native American. And the original movie is played by George C. Scott, who is very much not a Native American. He and they, does have know, a they... ponytail though. That's true. Right? They were like, "Got it, nailed it." Deny that. Um, <laughs> So at least they got an, an actual Native American actor, and he's he's pretty good. They they changed the role up. It's really kind of the ending. I found kind of weird. I don't I don't know if we yeah, want to get too yeah. much into that, but I was like, that's not the way the story ends. But okay. I mean, it's another. Are we talking about spoilers? I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, I, we can. Spoil I kind it. of already Does spoiled anybody? part of it. Okay, sorry. Cool. <laughs> but I mean, I think it underscores this idea of her lack of agency. That the movie ends with him instead of her like going to the newspaper to tell her stories, she's like passed out in his arms. Yep. Mm-hmm. Flop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Floppy. And in this one, there's not even any bonding time between them where it doesn't even really make that much sense no, for her to no accept his hand. You know? Yeah. yeah. And like he we like get bows his... in front of her and. Yeah. We get his reverence for her power, but he also still killed her mom. Like, yeah. I, I, there's just, I don't know. There's, I kind of see what they were doing where he like, you know, gets, he like awaits his judgment from her and she spares him. And like, that's kind of cool. But I, I don't really understand. I don't know if they're like setting it up so that we might have a series or something like that. where like, they're together and he's training. I don't know. Cause I he has power that 100% in this that was, uh, that was the intention. Well, what doesn't is he have a power? power? Like, he can yeah, hear the mom. The mom's trying oh, to read his right. mind. And, like, she can, she, like, throws the lamp at him using her mind. And he's like, you're rusty. Like, just like. Okay. I think <laughs> he's supposed to be part of the same experiment that the yes. parents were in. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there's, like, this idea that they tested on Native Americans first. Yeah. Which is an interesting yeah. idea, right? Well, like, again, yeah. But then yeah. the yeah. thing exactly. of him is so, like, problematic and tropey and Weird ending. It's just not good. Purple. This is a bad movie. Yeah, Stephen King sorry. not great at writing people of color. It's hard to the right place, but uh, sometimes I was disappointed right. that she didn't kill that dude at the end. Yeah, because I wanted he was, he was responsible for the death of her mother. Like I understand he yeah. he he lets her live, but then the real I mean she should have just murdered him. Like that's what should have happened. Agreed. But again, well, and Drew and again, has like fireballs, like straight up Mario style. And it's like, oh, we <laughs> but that also <laughs> brings some of that nuance and darkness to the character that we're talking about. Sort of miss Like, that's why I feel like that should have been what happened. But yeah, it's yeah. a cool beach there, too. I was like, oh, there's a beach here. Well, you guys that's just nice. had a much more intelligent conversation about this movie than I think I was capable of. Was there anything else <laughs> about it? That, uh... um, it was funny seeing Clarence Boddicker show up in this for like one second. It made me feel like something definitely ended up on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. And it was a total that missed opportunity so for him not to be like state of the art. Bang, bang. It's, it's a Charlie. very tight like 90 minutes, but I don't know how it couldn't be because like nothing. Ha- I mean, not much happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, I thought he was going to be like the the primary bad guy instead of yeah. Uh, what's her name? It's because like, he's he's so much like he's ran like he was having. If he were in the movie more, it would be way more fun because he was having fun with it. And oh yeah, he was having like a good time. He was chewing scenery yeah. and like. What was he doing? Like he was like emptying little pixie sticks or some shit. What was mm-hmm. he doing? Into different colored piles. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah but that he, was I was like interesting. I would love to see more of he this. Was like good. yeah. He was yeah, I liked <laughs> him. like OCD. I forgot something. I saw it. Kind him. of seemed like it. Yeah, was he in the yeah. was he in the original? Okay, I don't, I don't know. Think I didn't so. know if that was like a thing that they were like. I double checked because oh, I was like, oh, well, they treated it like it was a reveal. Like he like yeah. turned to the camera and I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. Well, and he's and old then, enough that he totally he totally could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I was like red. Oh my god! And then I was like, oh, nothing. Red. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It really did seem like a setup for something that they were going to do, and they just never went back to it, which is a recurring problem in this movie. It's whoever wrote this script is well. I know who wrote the script, but they did a <laughs> terrible job. You did bad. <laughs> bad you should script. feel bad. That's someone Ariel that writes women very well. I can no. tell you that much. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, would you recommend this, John? Who, me? No. <laughs> Ariel. No, absolutely not. Ariel. No, watch the original. Skip Ra- it. Rachel. By the record, keep it moving. Caitlin? I would say watch both because I'm going to do like a comparison episode on Plug It Up. So, oh, okay. Oh, forward to that. Changing my answer. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Download that plugin that lets you watch it at two point five, like no, two five speed. <laughs> Listen, man, the uh, the doomsday clock is ticking ever closer to midnight. So, like, you got better shit to do, man. Like, literally anything, <laughs> and watch this movie. You could better get to that bucket that list. Dark. Better get Leap, to that bucket list soon, son. Is all I'm saying. All right, do to do. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Sweet. What a movie Rolling Stone magazine calls a delicious blend of fun and fright that's smashingly scary. It was funny. It was exciting. It's a scream, baby. The whole thing is fun. Never say, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Sensational, terrific entertainment, says the LA Times. Scream is sexy. I was screaming at the top of my lungs and laughing hysterically all at the same time. Scream. This is great. You have to see it. Rated R, now playing. Hi there, I'm Judith O'Day from George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. <laughs> Is this one making it on your top 10 list, Eric? Fuck no, no. Let's, I mean, and for a comparison, I put something on there as a joke at number 10. What, what you was put that? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that movie sucked. You know what, though? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre had that scene on that bus, and that was cool. That was way cooler That's than true. anything that happened in Firestarter. 
Yeah, I didn't like that movie at all, but I liked it way better than this. Yes, true. <laughs> Facts. Uh, John. Yes, sir. Tell us what's going on at uh, bloodygoodhorror.com. Oh, boy. Uh, we're, we're, we're reviewing movies. We're, uh, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, we, we've, uh, we've just posted a couple of uh, new reviews. We've got coverage coming up next month, about a month from now, of uh, the Chattanooga Film Festival. So if you uh, want to want to check that out, the uh, the tickets are on sale right now. It's all virtual. Um, it's a ton of fun. Um, a lot of people in Slack have done it the last couple of years. Um, so we'll be uh, we'll be covering as much of that as we can. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. So yeah, love it. Um, Rachel and Ariel, you guys can uh, fight for who's going to tell me about the zombie girls. It's going to be a battle of the bottoms. Go for it, <laughs> Ariel. <laughs> you had to say it that way Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you don't call me daddy Rachel for nothing <laughs> I don't think you can be daddy and be a bottom I'm just saying <laughs> That's true. I don't think it works that way bottom. <laughs> Certainly there can, you yeah. go <laughs> uh, yeah so <laughs> so you can find us uh, on our website zombiegirls.com and it's G-R-R-L-Z on Twitter and Instagram or ZG Podcast and we post a ton of stuff on there all the time. So come check it out. All of our podcasts are streaming anywhere you can get podcasts. Recently, Caitlin actually came on more deadly with me and Matilda to fill in for Rachel, who was away for a little while. And that was really great. We reviewed Shapeless, so you can check that out too. Very nice. Love it. Caitlin, what's going on? And plug it up. Rocking and rolling, you know, uh, episodes come out every Tuesday. Next week is a, a controversial pick. I'm, I'm very excited. I recorded with uh, our friend Mary this week. I'm going to get it edited and loaded up for Tuesday. But it's it's one, uh, I'll, I'll spill it here, but we're, we're reviewing Dead Girl from 2008. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, whoa. Which is oh, okay. controversial. And fun I'm going to <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, Rachel, didn't we cover that a million years ago? Yeah, we did a double feature of that and Grace. Oh, it was yeah. a rough week. <laughs> what is Grace? I don't remember that one. That's the zombie baby one slash breast milk fetish. Oh, I have not seen that. With all the like like PETA footage and it. it was a rough week, man. <laughs> when Dead Girl was the uplifter, it was a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be interesting to hear you guys talk about and plug it up. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we had a good time with it. So, I'm excited. Uh, Caitlin, you got Twitter tonight? I do. Let's do it. We've got two tweets. Uh, First from Schnecky91. They say, I am sure that like me, you guys watched horror movies at probably too young of an age. What age do you think someone should be introduced to the horror genre? I don't know, dude. I don't have an answer to this. Fetus. (laughs) Fetus. Fit it on the uterus, little headphones. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I started showing my niece horror movies around eight years old. That seemed to be a sweet spot. Although I occasionally got in trouble with her parents for showing her stuff that was possibly inappropriate. So, you know, <laughs> tread lightly, I, I guess. My whole family is really into horror, like my extended family, my cousins, and my cousin Robbie has, he, at the time, Owen was four. And one mm-hmm. time I was sitting with Owen and he was like looking out into the distance while he was eating. He's looking at the woods. And I was like, what you thinking about, bud? He was like, Pennywise lives out there. And I was like, the <laughs> fuck oh, are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, he knew about Pennywise. Uh, one of my other cousin's kids was trying to think of the name Samara from The Ring and he kept calling her Serena. So like, 
like, you know, it's a part of their little life as a, as a child. And I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, we all watched them too early and now we're podcasters oh, yeah. for the sake of the medium. Young. Get them young. Yeah, I was a latchkey kid in the 80s. Like, if you can figure out how to watch it, then, you know, go for it. I think I've told this story before, but I saw, uh, I had a friend whose parents, like, didn't really pay attention to what we did. We, we watched Total Recall there when I was probably, like, nine or ten or something. And that was, nice. that was a mindfuck. <laughs> um, I think that same summer we watched Pumpkinhead, I think, was another one. Nice. Nope. So I don't solid know. selections. And now I'm here. So uh, what do you what are you gonna do? I don't know. Yeah, a success story. <laughs> yeah, started as a trauma. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds right. like the world's saddest rap song. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we've got uh, a returning tweeter, Cow Flanagan, and I might wow. need help deciphering. Kaylin, you, um, I, I don't know if you're giving that the weight it deserves. C.O.W. Flanagan. He's been gone for so His completely um, nonsensical slash offensive tweets have been gone for so long. Yeah, this is written in a style that I'm, I'm not going to do <laughs> per his, his writing. So this is my interpretation of the tweet. Yo, it would have been tight if Drew Barrymore cameoed as the Firestarters Nana in the mid-credits scene. Did anyone stick around for that? Um, she could say, yo, stand back, patriarchy, because this granny is too hot. They got to pump that IP. Am I right, Schnars? <laughs> I really love someone about my age being called granny. It makes me feel really good. <laughs> yeah, <I'll just> <laughs> yeah, I was like doing the math. And I'm like, surely, like, not. My feelings are hurt at all. Right? Nope. That's feeling so real good about it. Also, if I um, didn't do your tweet justice. I apologize, but I, I was confused. What's this IP thing at the end? Mean I think he's stars? saying like building out like a universe or like a franchise, <laughs> um, intellectual property. We all, uh, we all, I believe. I'm wondering if he was in the theater because we all watched on Peacock. And if you do that, at least on my account, it takes your ass right to the next thing. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like, do you want to watch yeah. some bullshit that you're like, not interested in? So and mine like, went. Don't enjoy the score. Mine queued up. Mine queued up what it called a trailer for the original it was just a scene where they're in the kitchen and i'm like this looks Ghost. like this looks like yeah. some trash like it's not <laughs> was not impressed i didn't stick around and then is there it, a nanny and then it cut to a scene from the Firestarter, uh that whatever that tv show was so peacock said give me all the fire starter property here you go you into this what about this caitlin i've been laughing all week about your description of your TikTok algorithm being uh, get back into bed, you depressed gay bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I just keep yes, randomly, I keep randomly thinking about it and it makes me smile. So. Oh, <laughs> but that's it for tweets. Um, oh. And unless anyone has any info on this Nana scene mid credits, we'll have to look it up. This Nana. We got, um, People came out on Instagram. I guess I actually timed it right this week. So here we are. Um, first up, Ballerina Susie. I can't express enough how much I love Ryan Kiara Armstrong over Drew Barrymore. I, I mean, I haven't seen the original, but I did like I did like her a lot in this. Damn. She was good. Like, listen, Drew yeah. Barrymore. Is Drew Barrymore a good actress? just going to put that out there. Like she's got a thing. Like, I don't know if I would call her, on it. especially as a kid, like 
Um, have you seen Babes in Toyland? Okay, well, we disagree about that movie because I like that movie a lot. <laughs> oh, I was obsessed with For it as Eric a kid. Was like a fever dream. <laughs> I was obsessed with it as a kid, and then because it was like Shelton, it was like one of the VHS we like had in our house was a taped copy of this, and then they had me do it on Thor's, and it's just the most insane fever dream horseshit nonsense you could ever imagine. It's so terrible, <laughs> and it's like two hours long. I think that Drew Barrymore is good in the original. I mean, she's yeah. really, really young, and she does a good job with what. I imagine it's like, that's a lot for a kid to take on. And there is like some character growth and development. And she goes from like, you know, sweet as pie, little dimples to like intensely, like intense face burning everything down. So, I mean, I I, I like both. I I do. But Mm -hmm. to your question, Derek, I I think she's, I I don't know if I like like later Drew Barrymore stuff, but I like her in screen. I really liked her in Santa Clarita. I do like that. She was great in that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, what's the, the one about the never been kissed. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I just don't like that movie. No, thank you. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) She's good in screen. I don't know. I think she's almost always enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Charlie's angels. Yeah. It's true. Uh, This is a really good one that I have some thoughts on. What dish or side dish do you bring to a general house party, ha, general house potluck party. Ooh, oh! I make a mean charcuterie. So <laughs> yeah, very nice. I got I got the board. I got all the cheese knives. My answer is it's either a potato salad or deviled eggs, and that is twofold. Oh, those are both good. One, I make them really well, and two, most people fuck them up, and it's offensive to me when people screw up mayonnaise-based dishes. So like. <laughs> It's got to be done this right. This is our culture. Like, it, it's got it to be done right. So my ass is going to do it. Like, I had my relatives in Florida used to make deviled eggs with fucking Miracle Whip, and I wanted to like burn Ew. their house down every time I was there. That would be sweet. Yeah, no, that's wrong. It's not good. Absolutely. I feel like uh, one thing that my family does a lot is take like crescent dough, crescent roll dough, and like bake it out flat, and then put like an herbed cream cheese on top, and then sprinkle like chopped raw vegetables, and mm. we call it veggie pizza, but it's just like a, that know, it's good. good. Little squares of like cream cheese, herby, hmm. vegetable. I'm like, oh, this is so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so many herbs. Yeah. Tasty. Anyone else? I make else? a strawberry picnic cake that's really good. I bring that places sometimes. That sounds oh, pretty that good. Sounds good. What's in that? Then why have I never had it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to make it the next time. I What's a, what makes it a picnic cake? A picnic cake is one that doesn't have frosting. So you can like eat it with your hands. Interesting. You know, you can just like cut it up. It's usually baked square or round. Is there any jello in it? Because I've seen some strawberry cakes. No, controversial shape for cake. It's a it's a square cake, and then you bake strawberries on the top that have sugar on top, so they they turn into jam. Oh, in so the oven, it's almost kind of. like a oh, coffee God, cake good. situation or something like that. Yeah, interesting. And I like cakes without icing, so that's that's up my alley. Shelton, you cook a lot. What's your answer? I think you can't go wrong with queso. Mm. queso mm. or oh, like a, a nice like homemade salsa yeah. any kind of dip mm. really. you do live in texas if you show up without queso to a party in texas do they allow you in well th- there'll be like seven other quesos <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but if you put like brisket in the queso then yeah oh man extra points Jesus. i used to go get invited to these parties friends of mine used to um have a yearly chili cook-off that was like you know it wasn't a huge thing it was informal but there'd be like 20 maybe and like, man, you just like load up on some like chili and cheese and stuff and go around the, I can't do that anymore. 
clearly because I have a bottom bottle of Pepto Bismol next to me. But um, <laughs> and then eventually got so big, like the original people who did it kind of ended up transitioning out of it. But it was pretty sweet. I went to one of those one time and like campaigned on the sly. So I was like, vote for <laughs> you vote for my vegetarian chili, and I got third place. Wow. It was not good, but because I campaigned, I got some votes. Nice. Well, like one year, so this one uh, friend of mine, his brother worked at a butcher, and so one year he totally just he he upended everyone by coming with like the traditional chili, which is just meat and sauce, like steak, like sliced up Texas and stuff. Style, yeah. yeah, and uh, it blew everybody out of the water, and then so everybody trying to do that. The whole saga because yes, beans are gross. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm into beans. I like me some beans. Uh, yeah, in Texas, are people are offended if you put beans in chili. Interesting. It's weird. Yeah. I always put like if I'm getting a burrito or something, I always do black beans. And then somebody told me that was an East Coast thing specifically. But really, yeah, I don't know. No, you can get a Mission burrito with black yeah, beans in it. So yeah. Um. Next up, Kaylin, do you want me to read your response to the? Yes, because I when you now that you've said it, I can't stop. I made a crack about Zach Efron's face in the Instagram post, and then plug it up. Pod wrote, "Wait, he got surgery? Tell me everything, please." This is Caitlin. Is this weird to ask her? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted to know. I uh, shared it and called her out. He um, does look uh, particularly. Yeah, now I'm just not going to be able to see it. Yes, yes. Maybe I just wasn't looking at his face because, like, it's all the dude was at. vascular in this he movie. Is, like, he is vascular. The one scene where he gets out of bed and, and it's like, that dude is way too ripped to be, like, a dad. Like, well, maybe just, the, like, his widening jaw is plastic surgery, but it's like a Mark McGuire steroid situation. Where well, you know, do you know specifically what makes your skull bigger is HGH. Oh, it specifically true. does that. That's, like, what happened to Barry Bonds. Uh, Joe Rogan. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Should only major blockbusters be shown at a theater and the lesser movies all be streaming day of? Um, I want it all. Honestly, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I love everything streaming. And also, I, I love theaters, but like, yeah, I love I, streaming. I'm conflicted <laughs> specifically because of this show, right? Because like, I do understand why there's controversy about it. But at the same time, when I don't have to go to a theater to watch something like Firestarter, I'm mm, a much happier convenience. person. Convenience. Yeah, this should not be in theaters at all. About right, like seeing X in the theater was a great experience. I'm so glad I saw that on the big screen. Yes. But I... 100%. Would have probably been pissed if I had left the house and spent money to see this. <laughs> like about two years ago, Chinars and I kind of had, we sat down and had a conversation about just like keeping the show going. And that was a big thing was like, we, we all, everyone kind of agreed. We probably need to go to the theater less. And then the pandemic happened and then we couldn't go to the theater at all. But it's, it's funny, like kind of not too long after that, like everything changed. So it made it easier to get. Yeah. Started. So you manifested it. Thanks. <laughs> yes, I manifested a global pandemic so I could go to the theater less. Mm-hmm. I will say I am making it a point to go see men in theaters because I want to see it soon. And the only way to do that is to go to the theater. So I'm yeah, I'm excited mm-hmm. about that too. Not not just for the movie, but I it's been a while since I've been to the theater, so it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, the theater experience is special for certain types of things, but like I, I would like to have everything be day date too, because as a house cat, I would like to stay home as Same. much as possible. We were just talking about this, Caitlin and Matilda and I, last week about how we're indoor people. Hell yeah. <laughs> would you like to join yeah. our group? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, awesome. do you guys need a treasurer, a secretary? Yeah. What? What do I sign up? <laughs> no, that's the beauty of it. We don't really do anything, so we don't need a second treasurer. <laughs> mm, even better. Yeah. I'll Eric, I saw a tweet that was like, why does everyone on their uh, dating profile lie about liking hiking? And I was like, mm, Eric gets it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like I do. hiking. <laughs> there's nothing Some wrong with that. Like there's nothing, like- no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I was specifically railing against people that won't leave people alone who just want to be inside. Like, let me live my no, life. No, that's weird. Yeah. I can see the outside from, it's right there. I can see <laughs> yeah, it right, right. now. Yeah, I've got a great we, have these ma- we have this magical technology called glass. I can crack my windows. <laughs> um, amazing. All right. Uh, next up from Merle Hughes. Should only, oh, that was him. Next up, Fat Duck. How many times did you sing the Prodigy song while watching? I actually forgot about it until he said it. <laughs> there you go right behind shelton here in the video r.i.p next up from brian did they miss out on a burger king flame broiled sandwich tie-in <laughs> probably yeah they don't do yeah fire starter whopper i could see that yeah. uh, what goes on the fire starter whopper jalapenos baby yeah <laughs> flaming hot cheetos Flamin' Hot Cheeto. <laughs> yeah that would be amazing oh fire but starter, like the, the flame cheese hot is cheeto a flaming hot cheeto cheese mm. I do like the yeah. impossible. They don't put any any salt or seasoning at all on it. So it's yes. completely, it tastes like cardboard. You know what I used to love as it my favorite burger? My favorite. God. I got there. Oh, wow. Took a minute, but I got there. My absolute favorite Burger King thing when I was a kid, which is just disgusting when I think about it now, was when they would come out, it was seasonal or it would be every once in a while with the Italian chicken sandwich. And Burger King had that like elongated chicken puck thing that they would like put on. It was just pure salt. Like the fake ass chicken parm. Salt and bread. Yeah, it was fake ass chicken parm. Yeah. Well, because Mm -hmm. they always had the chicken sandwich that was that same piece of fake ass, like weird chicken. But then every once in a while, as a promotion, they'd be like, you could get the French one, which just had like Swiss cheese (laughs) on it, or the Italian one, or maybe, and then there was like another option or whatever. So they didn't didn't have it all the time, but that was my go to. That's a quality select. I liked their chicken. Tender situations or chicken like nuggets. The Burger King marinara. Yeah. <laughs> I like their chicken nugget things better than like McDonald's back in the day. They were shaped yeah. like little, like, you yeah. know, like the caterpillar things in the desert and like the original Mario kinda that you like, like little, shoot at. Little turds. They kind of shaped like that. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's another way to describe Naturally it. Naturally yeah, occurring shape in <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> it has like a little snowman yeah. vibe. They're, uh, they're chicken nugget things. No recollection. Whatever of those. those were called. They, what were they called? I don't remember what they were called. Burger King, man. Um, is 20, Pauly Muller, is 2022 another hot girl summer? I say no, and here's why. Hot girl summer was a very special set of circumstances when for mm-hmm. like a moment, we all felt this magical thing called hope. We were all yeah. newly vaccinated, riding mm-hmm. that immunity wave, Flying around on planes, walking around naked, going to clubs. Like, I don't, none of us are doing that. But my point is, it was the mixture of summer with the sudden freedom and hope of the vaccine that gave mm-hmm. us hot girl summer. Um, and then the universe took that away from us. And so I don't, we could have some other type of hot summer situation, but it will never be that again. Hot mess summer. Yeah. That's my vibe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like summer. I'm just like, it's not my vibe. I don't like sweating. I already have a heat rash. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. So like hot girl winter. 
<laughs> cool, cool, cool girl winter. Um, next up. <laughs> You're so cute, Caitlin. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> Joe, Joe says, is this the worst movie that John Carpenter has ever scored? Question mark. If not, which one is? I mean, I would rank Halloween Kills above this, which is... Which Village is, of the Damned is pretty bad. Now, did he score that? What about... Did he score he did, yeah. the Ghosts of Mars movie? That, that was, was my thought, was Ghosts of Mars probably would be... Mm. Ghosts of Mars. But is. Ghosts of Mars, at least at this point, has nostalgia slash kitsch factor to it. This yeah, movie, it's like a fun it's watch. Fun, at least this movie watch. isn't even goofy enough to have be like ever be kitschy no. or campy or anything. Yeah. That's what I'm missing. That's what I'm missing from modern movies. I feel like, like is that really bad? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Same, yeah. I think it, I remember hearing it was like pretty bad. Yeah, Th- that's I remember thing, it being pretty bad. Really the thing missing with modern movies is that when they miss, they're just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you right. Really, so then there's no fun rewatchability. You really to it. miss it's not like camp or over the top or weird. I can't now. imagine ever watching Firestarter 2022 again. No, no. Oh my God, or why no. anybody would do that. Unless, you know, you had a lot of laundry to fold or something. I don't know. Unless you're like, I'm going to be so hyped about this Plug It Up episode. I've got to rewatch it for uh, the sake of Plug It Up. Now, you, you've seen it once. You're good. Uh, still, wait, this is from MP Rezia. Still waiting on your favorite rotoscoped movie answer. I thought we gave answers last week. Shelton, do you have a favorite rotoscoped movie? Favorite rotoscoped movie? Um... I mean, yeah, it'd have to be probably some of the Ralph Bakshi stuff. Although some of I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen those. What is what is that? Oh no, Waking Life is like a great one. We brought that up. And there's a new one. There's uh, he's got Richard Linklater has a new one that's on Netflix now. Oh, Mm -hmm. about the Apollo program or something. Okay. Now, did you see the Spine of Night? That's what we did last week. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, you know, very pretty. Didn't understand a goddamn bit of it, but uh, (laughs) it looked cool. It did yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like watching somebody like play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, in real just time. Just kind of like <laughs> you know, it, it looked cool, but like it's like, is there a plot to this, or is just cool stuff happening? Interesting. Yeah, you know, it, it's fine. It's pretty. Um, second half of this question. Now, what about favorite Stephen King remake? I presume he's talking about movies that were once a Stephen King movie that then got remade, and not just like favorite adaptation. Hmm. So you're talking Carrie. Carrie, this. It. 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 Oh, it's gotta be it. it. Yeah. Um, part one, anyways. Yeah. Oh, I think part yeah. two. I liked part two better. What? Oh, hot take. You like weird baby it better had, than the first one. I had part two as my if not my number one that year, like pretty close. Oh, I, I don't remember. In that. fact, I think part two is much better than part one. I am the shining Lost his mind. definitely the shining remake no, I've got I've got a good one um, <laughs> just kidding I didn't know what to, <laughs> didn't know how to respond because there are people no no waiting. there's a listen there's a faction out there that wants yeah, to yeah I know and they're wrong that wants Sorry. to rewrite the history of the it's shining Stephen TV King. that's the whole faction <laughs> a faction of one that's like the bane of the bane of modern like film discussion on twitter though is that ev- people just get bored and they're like what dumbass movie can i say is over or underrated and write a f- fucking think piece about and it's like i've seen definitely seen them on that it or that uh oh but it has the topiary animals yeah i was thinking no, i was like you know julian 
Topiary so, animals aren't even good in yeah. the book. It also it also has the, the movie. It, it also has the brother from Wings on it, and that and the most annoying kid actor from the nineties. That's what I was waiting to hear you say. <laughs> I hate him. I know. Sorry, Shelby. Yeah, no. Th- there's a really cool one that um, we, we were just talking about the Chattanooga Film Festival. It's actually screening there. It's uh, I don't, it'll probably never be really released because of what it is. But this uh, this like animator took yeah. the uh, the Langoliers miniseries yeah. and like photocopied individual frames of it. And then like animated the Xerox like black and white things. <laughs> and there's like all these like paper rips and it crumbles up. And he like basically took the whole miniseries, edited it down to like it's like a little over an hour, and it's fucking great. It it, it improves awesome. it, it makes it really, really good. The, the, I've never seen like an animation style like this. Interesting. Um but yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's called the Timekeepers of Eternity. Huh. I think. Incredible. Yeah, I've talked um, before about how we used to rent the double VHS of that all the time and make people watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I, I, maybe I saw it on TV. I'm not sure, but I feel like maybe I just was like, I rented it one day or something. Yeah. What a world. I'm a Langoliers head. So what a world. Take me back. Take me back. That one in particular, I could only get at this one. It was like, it would have been like fourth on my list of video stores. I went to, if I just happened <laughs> to be in that part of town, like I would go to, it was in a strip mall. I bought a bunch of their like shit when they went out of business. Yeah. I remember that that hustle where you like had four different cards because you didn't, the other three had late charges. (laughs) Can't go to to video magic. Yeah. mm -hmm. Classic video was out for a long time. (laughs) Sean's pictures on the wall, like do not serve. (laughs) I lost Captain Ron. We we can never go back there again. (laughs) Man, that was like the one job that I wanted so bad. But by the time I was like job age, they were still around, but they were starting to go. And it was at the point yeah. where like, if you owned an independent one, you were pretty, you couldn't afford to pay anyone. So it was just like the owner was there all the time. Like they didn't need help. And or was that or work at, um, like, uh, for around me, it was Hollywood video, which honestly just looked like the lamest corporate bullshit ever. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. Was Hollywood video the one that cut all the movies? Like it was like some, there were edited, relig- there were edited versions of those movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or were you going to say religious purposes? Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I know there were definitely like a handful of movies I saw later and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah this was not <laughs> what I thought. It's but then they would do like later, ago. later in their life before they went obsolete, like they would just get rent. They started doing like uncut versions of things, but it was after mm-hmm. I think it was downhill. Too little, too late. I remember the yeah. last time I remember renting from Hollywood video was probably 2008. And there's one where I was living in Florida and I remember like doing the whole like Friday night, going to get a movie. And even then it felt like crazy antiquated. Mm-hmm. This is the good old days of the video store that had like the beaded curtain in the back that you weren't allowed to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a video store. So that there's one like in the, the, like I'm in the burbs, but in the city near me, there's one, if you Google, you find this place and it's like video store. And then I went there once and it was all porn. Like, Porn, anime <laughs> porn, no beat. You just walk in, and it's just bam, like wall to wall VHS and DVD porn. And then, like, that is quite literally a subplot on Parks and Rec. <laughs> and, like, two probably non working arcade machines just kind of sitting in the middle of one of the walls, like for sale. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
Mm, mm. There's somebody very sad living in a basement right now. (laughs) 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 Their company went under. (laughs) All right. Have you seen that there's going to be a new, like, the last blockbuster series on Netflix, which feels a little like feeding a chicken a chicken nugget? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is really weird. (laughs) I mean, how is like dancing on that grave with all but with all the nostalgia how has there never been like a mom and pop video store like sitcom or something that's true yeah that's the thing blockbusters sucked like when blockbuster was run everybody hated blockbuster and now like there's this like nostalgia just because they're gone but like yeah they they came in and put out all the because if you think about it though there was an era where they were hollywood and blockbuster existed and nothing else did so if your adolescence kind of fell right in that time yeah like i I have a certain amount of nostalgia i hated at the time too but now i have a certain amount of nostalgia for it just because well now it's all gone you know what i mean so it's like it's Mm -hmm. at least somewhat of that you know i in 99 2000 i was going into that hollywood video and discovering stuff like ginger snaps and like mm-hmm. cube and stuff like that. So even though they had ran, you know, I get it, I guess on some level, but, but if you're going to go for the nostalgia, like go all the way back, dude, like it was, it used to be better. Yeah. We, are, we went to this place. Called, we went to this place called uh, Mr. Caitlin is suspiciously quiet during this conversation. <laughs> I've been trying to remember the name of. I was. It finally came to me. Movie Netflix time DVDs. was ours. So yes, we went to this place called Mr. Video. That had a wall of, it was a corkboard wall, <coughs> and the way that you rented their Nintendo games was they had little hooks with just little like little tag, tags yeah. on them that just had the na- handwritten name of the game. So you were just sight unseen. It was like, and this led to me renting shit that I would recognize. Like if it, so, if it was like licensed or oh, something. they didn't even put the box out. They just had the nothing. It was just the name. So it would be like Adventure oh, Island. Wow. I used to rent that all the time. If that game sucks, I, oh, I own that game. It was terrible. Oh my god! But I would rent it like all <laughs> the time because like I'm like, well, I know this game, and it's I, this other thing is just a word. Like I don't know what this is. So, but I but remember, I have I have deep nostalgia for that corkboard wall full of tags. I remember getting to the age where like I, I played video games growing up, but not. I mean, like I. I don't know, tapped out at like GameCube or something like that. But I, I there was like a, a divergence where I was like, I'm renting all horror. My brother was getting a movie and a game. And I was like, hmm. I should be getting two movies then, I think. Like, <laughs> we're going to keep this equal. But, and he was renting, yeah, so. Because feminism. Yeah, I was like, two movies. <laughs> Amityville Dollhouse and Amityville whatever the fuck was there. I feel like I went through the A's and was like, okay, Amityville, 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 Amityville. So many. Dark Dollhouse is rough. They haven't gotten better. I used to run- I rewatched the Ryan Reynolds one a few weeks ago with a friend of mm-hmm. mine as like a, a text along, watch along. It's and- not great. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. You know what one I used to rent all the time is, I want to say it's three or four, but it's where like two couples move in to renovate it. And one of them ends up just going berserk and like killing everybody. But it's like pretty gory. Kind of like sounds it. Amityville. Yeah. <laughs> Dollhouse has a weird scene where a stepmom is like giving Pornhub vibes to the stepson, and I'm just like, gross. I remember being like, this is not. Well, there's what the I second. There's the second. There's like some hardcore like incest in the second one, I think, where it's like a huge plot point. Of like wow. teenage I wonder if I've ever seen familiar. It's yeah, wild, dude. It. it was the last yeah. winter they were playing it on. I had seen it when I was younger, but they were playing on Shutter TV like on a loop last winter. I watched it like once or twice. They're bad, but they're 
But again, one of our co-hosts on the Zombie Girls has made the terrible decision of trying to watch every Amityville film, mm-hmm. and the last one she watched was Amityville Vibrator, which made for great content for <laughs> it us. Did. It was but very I fun. saw her wife is pretty that. pissed off. Oh yeah, her wife is not happy about this, especially because we keep sending every time we see a new Amityville has come out, we send it to her, and Amityville her wife's just like, hood. "Stop it!" But a good example, <laughs> though, a good example, though, that era of movies when it went wrong, it went gloriously wrong. So like, at least there, there that's was true. That kind of value. That is true. Is it a porn parody or is that a like legitimate? Yeah, that that can't be a. Uh, I mean, it yeah. is a parody, but I feel like the it's a it's a little bit of a gray area considering where the franchise has gone. Like, there isn't a lot of siloing between parody and actual movie anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just remember looking at Ryan Reynolds and being like, that dude is probably so dehydrated. Like, they want him, like, cut. He's so like, cut. Oh, he's so dehydrated. So cut. Give that man a LaCroix. I know. <laughs> All right, everyone. It is time. That was been our episode on Firestarter. Hope you enjoyed. We will be back next week with something. Not sure yet, but we'll let you know. Thank you uh, to all of our guests tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. So long. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.